Well, good morning, family. How y'all doing this morning? Great, great. I'm glad you blessed. I'm glad y'all here. I am Nick, pastor on staff here, and I have the awesome honor and privilege to share with you this morning from God's Word. Uh, it is crazy to me that we are at the halfway point of this year. Isn't that crazy? Man, it is June already. Uh, just in the past six months, we have been seeing God move in the life of our church, and, and I am happy to share that in the past six months, we have seen over 170 people trust Jesus Christ for salvation this year through the ministry of BT Church. We all, we've also seen in six months, and this is exciting news, we've seen over 100 people take the next step in their faith by getting in the baptismal waters, choosing to decide to follow Jesus. So we're excited about that, what God is doing. Amen. We can clap for that. Uh, there was one wonderful sister at, at last service. Uh, she came up at invitation, and, and she said, I want to get baptized right now. I said, yes, ma'am. And so we, we did that. Praise the Lord. Pastor Colin baptized her. God is doing some amazing things. Today is an important day uh, in the church, on the church calendar. It is Pentecost Sunday, a day where the, amen, a day where the church celebrates the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the people of God. Uh, notice I didn't say a person, but on the people of God. Uh, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would, would rest or fall on uh, a particular person for a season or a reason, uh, but now, uh, due to the finished work of Jesus Christ, uh, we read in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit is poured out on the people of God. Amen. Amen. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Amen. And the people who were in that upper room in Jerusalem all those years ago, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they went on to do big things for God, and, and we're praying that, that those big things continue through the life of BT Church as we follow the move of the Spirit here in McGallan and Edinburgh and Sherryland and Alice and prayerfully Corpus and prayerfully Kingsville. Amen. And I don't know what God is doing, but guess what? I want to be a part of whatever he's doing through BT Church. And so... We celebrate that. Amen. Some of y'all looking at me strange because when you talk about the Holy Spirit, everybody gets spooky. But the Holy Spirit, you know, he's not spooky. He, he, he's powerful. Amen. Every believer, every believer has access to the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit ain't just about speaking in tongues like some people think. Amen. As a matter of fact, all of us spoke in tongues just now. We sung Quan Grandes L. That, that just spoke in tongues. Hit it right there. Amen in Jesus' name. Because when you look at it, and we're not talking about the Holy Spirit today. We, we, well, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but that's not the purpose of the message. But when you look at the book of Acts, it's not about the fact that people spoke in tongues. It's what were people hearing in their tongues, and the scripture in Acts says that people were hearing the magnificent works of God in their own language. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, right? 
not because we can do some extraordinary thing, but, but that God uses us to proclaim his magnificent acts. Amen. And that's why we're excited about uh, our time in the word today, because we're going to proclaim a great magnificent act of God found in Joshua chapter 10. And I pray that uh, you, you turn there with me. Uh, while you're turning there, I want to welcome all of our VIPs. If this is your first time in the room or online joining us at 11 a.m. for our worship service, welcome. You are our VIP. We are so glad that you joined us today. Joshua chapter 10, uh, we're, we're going to preach from verses 1 to 15, but I'm going to read, I'm going to start reading from Verse 6, when you have it, say, I have it. All right. It reads like this. Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Don't give up on your servants. Come quickly and save us. Help us, for all the Amorite kings living in the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua and all his troops, including all his best soldiers, came from Gilgal. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them will be able to stand against you. So Joshua caught them by surprise after marching all night from Gilgal. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. He defeated them. In a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them through the ascent of Beth Horon and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel, the Lord threw large hailstones on them from the sky along the descent of Beth Horon all the way to Azekah. And they died. More of them died from the hail than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon over the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on its enemies. Isn't this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed its setting. There has been no day like it, before or since, when the Lord listened to a man, because the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. We're going to pray, but after we pray, we're going to preach from the subject, believing God for big things. We see this in our text, believing God for big things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you. We thank you, God, that we have sang your praises, that we have taken part of the Lord's Supper. Now, Father, as we prepare to worship you through the hearing and preaching of your word, it's my prayer for the next few minutes. By the power of the Holy Spirit, let your word be clearly communicated. Let Jesus be highly exalted. Let your people be beautifully blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Believing God for big things. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever ever experienced a season in life where, where you felt good enough to offer help to somebody else? 
only to realize that when they took you up on the offer to help them, it was going to require more of you than you expected. Have you ever been there in life? Amen. Some of y'all raised both hands, both feet. Some of y'all like, Pastor Nick, that's me right now. Like, we feel like we're doing good, and we say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to help you. And, and, and when the people need help, we, we say, man, you're you going to need the big guns for this. Uh, I don't know if I'm the one. I mean, when, <laughs> in those moments, we realize this, that if we're going to be of any assistance, any meaningful assistance to the people that we said we were going to help aid or assist, we're going to need God's help. I mean, it's like this. If, if people are looking at me to help them, and I'm, I'm looking at God to help me, then guess what that means? We need God. That's, that's what that means. We need God. Because now we're not just asking God to help us for ourselves. We're asking God to help us for the people who are connected to us. And there are people under the sound of my voice this morning. You have to pray and you have to believe God for big things, not just for yourself, but you are connected to some people who need God to do the heavy lifting. Well, this is where Joshua finds himself this morning. Joshua continues to believe God for big things, not just for Joshua and the Israelites, but we're going to see that Joshua now has to believe God for the Israelites and the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites are the people group that Joshua has just made the covenant with last week, if you remember. They, they deceived Joshua into forming an agreement with them. Joshua did not consult with the Lord. He made an agreement with them. Joshua put his word on the line, and now the rubber meets the road. The Gibeonites are now in the crosshairs of five kings from the southern hill country in the promised land. Gibeon was a very strategic city, a great city. And now the king of Jerusalem, he finds out that Gibeon has made an agreement with Joshua after hearing about how God has moved in the life of Joshua and the Israelites. He understands that if Joshua forms up with the Gibeonites, that it's just a matter of time before Joshua and his crew are knocking on his doorstep, taking their land. And so the king of Jerusalem says, let me get the other nations around us, to attack Gibeon. And Gibeon says, hey, Josh, remember us. We're your friends. Come help us out. Now, when it comes to believing God for big things, here's the, here's the first point. We've got to have big belief. We've got to if we believe God for big things, we've got to have big belief. And what do I mean by that? I, I mean this. I mean this. We have to go to God expecting that he can do only what he can do. We have to go to God believing that God can handle 
everything, that he can handle anything, that he can handle all things. And we see this big belief expressed through the Gibeonites and expressed through Joshua and the Israelites. Let's, let's talk about the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites, they understand that God is on the side of the Israelites. And they have big belief because they say, hey, Joshua, can you help us? You got to come quick, man. Don't leave us stranded. There is an urgency in their cry. And they go to Joshua. Now, this is important because the Gibeonites express big belief. Well, how did Joshua express big belief? Joshua is camped at Gilgal, and when you read the Bible, read it slow, because Gilgal is significant. Gilgal is a city that that was dedicated to remember the awesome acts of God. Gilgal is, is the city where Israel camped when they crossed over the Jordan. It is the city where they took the stones of remembrance from the Jordan and they set them up in Gilgal. Gilgal is the city where the children of Israel celebrated the first Passover in the promised land. Gilgal is a strategic place of worship and memory for the people of God. Do you have a Gilgal? Do you have a space or an area in your heart or in your mind where you remember how God has moved in the past? Do you have a place where, where you remember God did some magnificent things for you? Well, this is where Joshua is, and Joshua camps there. Joshua sets up shop there. And, and, and here's what I want to say. If, if we're going to have big belief in God, you better believe that we find our place of worship. Amen. We find our place of worship. Joshua, he, he camps with the people there. He talks to God there. He believes in the God that has done some marvelous things in the past, and now he has to believe God for something big now because the Gibeonites have big belief to come to Joshua. Now Joshua has to have big belief because notice this. As we've watched how Joshua and the Israelites have been moving in the promised land, notice this. They have been taking one city at a time. Now they're going to have to deal with five kings from five different cities at the same time. Here's why we need big belief. Because life does not happen to us one issue at a time. Are you with me? Have you ever been there? Have you ever wished that your problems would just pick a number like they make you pick at the DMV? You know? Like life, pick a number, you know? Health, pick a number. Bills, pick a number. Crazy relatives, pick a number. Like, y'all going to have to pick a number because I can't deal with all y'all at this. I can't deal with all this at the same time. But, but life does not work like that, right? How many of us know? Life does not come at us one issue at a time. Many times we are dealing with multiple issues on multiple fronts, and we need a big God to get us through it all. 
So Joshua, he commits. He commits to doing something that they hadn't done before, which is deal with five different kings and their armies at the same time. You know, they, they've been doing things one at a time. That takes big belief. And now notice this. Joshua is no longer relying on himself, and he's no longer talking to God just about himself. He is talking to God about himself, the Israelites, and now the Gibeonites. And, and this is important because our prayers are too small if they only involve us. We're not, we're not expressing big belief if we only limit our prayers to our four and no more. No, but because God has called us to love. God has called us to express his love. God has called us to lead out in ways. God has called us to be a light, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And that means that when people look to us and they connect with us, that means this, we have to have a heart for other people other than ourselves. Amen. And so Joshua, he has big belief. Now, Remember I told you, he's never done this before, dealing with five kings and their armies. And notice what God says to Joshua in verse 8. I'm not making any of this up. It's in your Bible. Look at what God says to Joshua in verse 8. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them will be able to stand against you. Why would God tell Joshua not to be afraid? I'm going to tell you why. God told Joshua not to be afraid because when you're doing something you've never done and when you believe in God for big things, guess what is a very real possibility? Fear. Fear. God tells Joshua not to be afraid because you're fighting five armies at the same time. You, you might be afraid. And, and, and this has to deal with our emotions because what I want us to understand is this and what I believe is important as we talk about next is now. We've got to understand this, that our real emotions don't have to stop us from responding in faith to our real God. Our emotions are real. They are very important. They are just not more important than God. Amen. And so how do we treat our emotions? Because they're real and they're there. Well, this is why I said we've got to find our place of worship. We, we've, got to, we've got to meet with God at Gilgal. We've got to remind ourselves of God's past faithfulness. We've got to remind ourselves that God is with us now. We, we have got to place our hearts in a posture to hear from God so that we can hear when God tells us not to be afraid. We can trust him and, and put fear aside. How do we deal with our emotions when we are trying to walk in big belief? Well, we've got to treat our emotions like we treat children on a road trip. You can't put them in the driver's seat, and you can't put them in the trunk. That's how you deal with your emotions. You don't put them in the driver's seat. A child on the driver's seat, you're you definitely not going to put a child in the driver's You're never going to get where you're trying to go. Think about that. But how many of us 
We shrink back from having big belief in God because our emotions drive the decisions that we make versus our faith in God. But then you can't put the little jokers in the trunk either. (laughs) Else you will be on the news. No, we... We don't put our emotions in the trunk, hiding our emotions from God. No, we take our very real emotions. We take them to God. We lay them at God's feet, and we say, God, I know that I have to do this, and I'm believing you, God, for this. And, God, I'm committed to doing whatever it takes. So I bring you my fear, and I bring you my anger, and I bring you my frustration, and I bring you my insecurities, and I I bring you all of that, God, because just like I'm believing you to deal with with the big things beyond me, I'm I'm believing you to help me deal with the big emotions in me. So there's big belief. But as we believe God for big things, we must understand that God will expect us to show up. God will expect us to show up. And so Joshua commits to helping the Gibeonites. Now, y'all remember if you were in church last week how grimy the Gibeonites were to the Israelites. They deceived them, right? They lied to them. But Joshua chooses to show up. Joshua chooses to honor his word that he made to the Gibeonites. Joshua chooses to be a man of integrity to people who did not display integrity to him. How many of us know that doing the right thing is a burden sometimes? Amen. This is the true test of maturity. Not not will you do right when things are going right, but will you do right when people haven't treated you right? I'm going to talk to this side. You know, because usually what happens is we believe God for big things, and and, and we're committed, and we're running, and and we say, you know what, God, I'm going to love. I'm going to be faithful. God, you know what? I'm going to look at everybody and open up my heart to everybody. And, And then when people change, then we change up too. We love until somebody does something unlovely. We walk in peace until other people start acting crazy and unpeaceful. And this is a test of our maturity. The test of our maturity is not who we are when times are good. The test of our maturity is this. Can you still be who God has called you to be even when times are bad? Can you operate in integrity and character even to people who hurt you? Because the Gibeonites deceived him. Now, you know, Joshua had a choice. Joshua could have been like, you know what? These jokers lied to us. So if these kings take them out without us having to even do nothing, all right, cool. 
And then we can just go in and deal with the kings and deal with the people that done lied to us in Jesus' name. That sounds like a win-win. But most of the times when we believe God for big things, I know we're not going to like this where we're about to go right now. When we believe God for big things, it's not about what God is calling us to win. A lot of times it's about what God is calling us to lose. We look for win-win there, but, but, what, but what if God wants you to lose right now? Never mind. Some of y'all are like, well, well, how did Joshua lose? I mean, the sun stood still and he won the battle. Yes, but Joshua had to deal with standing up for people that deceived and hurt him. Joshua had to lose by forgiving people who didn't apologize for deceiving him. Joshua had to stand up for people that had their hand out, even though they were the same people that had a knife in his back. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? a lot like Jesus, don't it? Sound a lot like Jesus, don't it? So when God calls us to show up, we've got to understand that God calls us to burden battles. We have to carry some burdens into battle. Joshua chooses to show up. He chooses to operate in integrity. He chooses to stand by the word that he made because he understood that the character he expresses reflects the faithful character of the God that he says he serves. It's not about how people treat us. How will we treat people? How will we treat people that hurt us? So Joshua tells his crew, now, no, look at the inconvenience. He says, let's get up. And they march from Gilgal to Gibeon at night to catch the enemies by surprise. Now, when you read your Bible, that may, may not do anything to you until you flip in the back of your Bible and go to the maps. If you were to go to the maps and look at the beautiful pictures in the back, you would, you would see that Gilgal to Gibeon is about 25 miles. And because of the terrain, this was the entrance of the southern hill country of the promised land. Joshua and his crew, they had to march 25 miles in the dark uphill. Remember when I said earlier in the message that, 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 that you decide to help people and you realize that when it's time to help them, it requires more than you expected. I don't know about you, but 25 miles in the dark uphill, that's more than I expect. Amen. Not only that, you got to march 25 miles in the dark uphill, but you got to be ready to fight when you get there. Lord have mercy. I don't know about y'all, but I, I told 9 o'clock, I might as well tell you too, like, like 25 miles, that's, that's crazy. Like sometimes when I participate in the 5K, I can't do nothing the rest of the day. <laughs> like I'm done the rest of the day. And I'm not talking about participating in the 5K. I'm talking about passing out the water at the 5K. <laughs> like I'm done. All the rest of the day. 
Now, it's funny, but y'all pray for me. But think about that. To, to go 25 miles in the dark uphill and then be ready to fight when you get there, that takes believing God. Some of us have been carrying things a long time, and you, you've been carrying a burden in your life, or you've been carrying a loved one in your heart, and you know how that burden feels? It feels like for, for a long time, you've been going 25 miles in the dark, uphill for five years. You're like, this burden that I've been carrying, who's going to give me relief? Who's going to help me? Not only that, when I show up, I got to be expected to be the counselor and the banker and the doctor, amen, and the H-E-B. I got to be all things to all people. Who's going to help me with these burdens I'm carrying in the battle? This is why we got to believe God for big things. Because in our own strength, we will not gain the victory when we have to go 25 miles at night, uphill, to fight the enemy on five different fronts, to fight five different kings and their armies at the same time. But what happens, we see that God provides the victory. We see that God honors Joshua and the people of God, we see that God rises up strong in the lives of his people and he gives Joshua and the Israelites and the Gibeonites victory. But Joshua does something. If we're going to believe God for big things, we got to do something else. And that is pray bold prayer. Pray bold prayers, not safe prayers, not the prayers that you feel like was going to be answered anyway if you just waited two more weeks. Not the, the, Pray the bold prayers, the prayers that only God can answer. Joshua, look at it in verse 12. It says, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Sun stands still over Gibeon. Joshua says, God, I need you to make the sun stand still. That's a bold prayer. That is, that is a prayer that you don't pray unless you really believe that God can do big things. That is a prayer that you pray when you know that you have no resources or ability to pull it off. That is a prayer that you know that only God can answer. And, and I'm so glad because what we've got to understand is this, that, that there are times in our lives when, when we are believing God for big things or due to fatigue or, or, or due to life happening, we, we, just, we just feel like we're praying but our prayers aren't getting anywhere. Have you ever felt like that? Well, let me encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you because first thing I want you to understand is that when you feel like your prayers aren't getting anywhere, understand you aren't the only one praying for you. You're not the only person praying for you. I talked about the Holy Spirit, and the Scripture tells us in Romans that we do not pray 
like we should. We don't know what to pray for. Not, 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 not we don't pray. We don't even know what to pray for. Some of us say, I, I want to pray, but I don't even know what to pray for. The Scripture says that we don't know what to pray for like we should, but the Spirit makes intercession for us. God the Holy Spirit says, I got you covered even when you don't know what you're praying about. That's powerful. And the scripture says this, that the Holy Spirit prays, intercedes for us according to the will of God. That's powerful right there. Amen. So if the Holy Spirit is praying according to the will of God, we know that the Holy Spirit is praying perfectly for us. It also goes on to tell us in the New Testament that Jesus Christ, as our high priest, he ever lives to make intercession for us. So that means this, that Jesus praying for you. I think Jesus know how to pray, don't you? I think Jesus know how to pray. So why are you saying all of this, Pastor Nick? I'm saying this, that when you you feel like you're praying and your prayers aren't going anywhere, understand that you ain't the only one praying for you. So don't stop believing God based on how far you feel your prayers are going because you ain't the only one praying. And many times we stop praying, we stop praying bold prayers. Some of us stop praying at all because we get tired or we get fatigued or we get discouraged or, 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 or we get bored or whatever the case may be. We stop. But God says, keep praying because understand this, I have you covered in heaven. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I got you covered in heaven. But how are we covered by prayer on the earth? Well, notice this. Joshua, he asks God in the presence of Israel, son, stand still. What does Joshua do? Joshua, he prays a bold prayer in community. Do y'all see that? Joshua didn't pray this prayer in private. And I know we got the war room and we got our prayer closets and all that, and that's good. And I know that God says, you know, you pray in secret, and the one who sees you in secret, he will reward you openly. I know we say that, but but notice this. Joshua prays this bold prayer in community. Let me ask you something. Who else knows about the bold prayers that you're praying? Some of y'all are like, you know what, Pastor Nick, I got to keep this one to myself. No, you don't. I'm not saying you tell everybody, but you can tell somebody the bold prayers you're praying. Amen. Some of us are like, well, 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 Pastor Nick, I want to pray bold prayers, but I don't even know where to start. Okay, uh, let, let, let me help you. Let me help you according to the word of God and from Joshua's account right here in Joshua chapter 10. When you don't know where to start, When it comes to praying bold prayers, pray about what you're committed to do. Pray about what you're committed to do. Where do you get that from, Pastor Nick? Joshua prays a prayer and asks God to let the sun stand still after Joshua has already committed to helping the Gibeonites out and honoring the word that he spoke. So let's make it practical. If you are dealing with an issue, somebody has hurt you, and you commit to forgive, pray about your commitment to forgive. Start there. 
But I don't know how it's going to look. I know. I don't either. But you pray about what you committed to do. See, a lot of us are waiting on God's will, but we don't know God's word enough to know God's will. So commit to knowing his word. Pray about that. And watch. As you live life, the dominoes will start to fall. The dominoes will start to fall. As you get in the word of God, you understand and discern more of the will of God. And you can pray about committing to do the word of God in your life. Are y'all with me? This is what we see Joshua do. He's already made a commitment to move. He is in the thick of it. And he says, God, please allow the sun to stand still. And God answers his prayer, not so that Joshua has more time to work or defeat the enemy. That's, people say that all the time. I don't believe that. I believe God allowed the sun to stand still so that God can work through Joshua and so that God can show Joshua, the Israelites, and the Gibeonites that he was fighting for them the whole time. Because now God is accelerating the conquest. He's accelerating the conquest. What do you mean by that, Pastor Nick? I told y'all they were just dealing with one city at a time, didn't I? Y'all remember that? And I told y'all how they would camp out and they would deal with one city at a time. And now what do we see? God, through this act, God, through this move, he gave them five cities at one time. He's accelerating the conquest. When we pray bold prayers, God moves in accelerated ways. And while we're praying about this, God is working on this, that, that, and that. Have you ever been there in your life? You prayed God for one thing and you were praying real hard and, 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 and God just blew your mind with several other things. I'm a living witness. I'll never forget it when many years ago, almost nine years ago, I was ministering in another area of the city. Praying, asking God to do big things through my life and my ministry so that we could impact the city of McAllen. I'm, I'm praying about the city of McAllen and, and, and the church where I was serving, praying about that. Little did I know that God was moving on people's heart here and the elders' hearts here and my mentors' hearts here. Little did I know that one weekend assignment of filling the pulpit would turn into nine years of being a part of this great church. Little did I know that. I was praying about one area, y'all. I was praying about one area. Lord, help our church impact the city of McAllen. And you know what happened? God allowed our church to become a part of BT Church. And not only have we impacted the city of McAllen, but we're in Edinburgh, Sherryland, Alice, prayerfully Corpus, prayerfully King. I'm, 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 I'm trying to tell you, I'm a living witness when we pray bold prayers. I could have never imagined this for myself. And when we pray bold prayers, God moves the same way. God is still the same. Now, I hear you. Some of y'all like, yeah, God moved the same way. But the scripture just said he ain't never made the sun stand still again. 
You're right. He did something better. He did something better. Because if you can believe God enough to cause the sun stand still in time on earth, then we can believe God to do amazing things for our lives for eternity. Amen. And people ask me all the time, you really believe some of the stuff in the Bible? You really believe that God made the sun stand still like that? I say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. I mean, after all, if we have people out here, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but, but if we have people out here that's leaving water outside at night for a full moon to have charged water, and we have people that's walking around with crystals around their neck and around their wrists and all of this other stuff, if, if people can believe that moon water have powers and the ashy rocks they have in their hands have powers, surely I can have faith and believe that the God who spoke the sun in existence can tell it to stop from going down. I'm not trying to insult nobody. Hear me. I'm not trying to insult nobody when I say that. But pe- people try to play our faith as if we, we're crazy. Well, guess what? If I'm a fool, I'd rather be a fool for Christ. Amen. Because God did something in making the sun stand still. Because when I read in the New Testament, something happened. On the day that Jesus was crucified, the scripture says that God did a greater miracle in reverse. He didn't let the sun stand still. The sun refused to shine because the S-O-N was shining on the cross. God did something better than allowing the sun to stand still because when Jesus, the son of God, was on the cross, he allowed us to have access back to God. He allowed us to receive the power of the Spirit so that we can fight life on multiple fronts and get victory on multiple fronts. I don't have to allow life to happen one issue at a time when I have Jesus because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Jesus Jesus shows us that God can do something greater than making the sun stand still. Jesus shows us that God can defeat death. Jesus shows us that God can make the devil stand still. Jesus shows us that we have access to his presence. And as you read in the New Testament, when you read Romans, it tells us this, that he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And what that means is this, with Jesus, God expects us to pray bold prayers. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, You can pray bold prayers because you've already prayed one huge bold prayer. Lord, save me. (laughs) You've already prayed a bold prayer. Lord, forgive me. 
Lord, transform me. Lord, heal me. You've already prayed bold prayers. Don't get saved and then stop praying bold prayers. If we can trust Jesus for eternity, which is our ultimate next, surely we can pray bold prayers and believe him for right now. And what we see is as Joshua, he prays this bold prayer. And notice this, God leaves the light on long enough so that Joshua can see that God was fighting for him the whole time. The scripture says, that God rained down hailstones from heaven. And there were more casualties from the hailstones from heaven than from the sword in Joshua and the Israelites' hand. Are y'all hearing me? Isn't that the good news? Isn't that the good news of how God always goes above and beyond what we ask or think? Joshua thought the sun needed to stand still so that he could actually defeat the enemy. But God allowed the sun to stand still so that Joshua can see that the enemy was already defeated. I'm done. I'm done. That's all I got. I'm done. I don't have nothing else for you. I'm done. But it's my prayer that as you walk away today, that you walk away believing God for big things. You don't have to pray safe prayers. Yes, we need to pray prayers according to the will of God. But if you have that marriage or that child or that sickness, if you have have that issue, that burden, that person in your heart, that that wound emotionally, that grief, as you carry that, I want to encourage you to carry it to God and boldly ask God to help you because he will. God is committed. God is committed. God is committed to our transformation. And in closing, I want to give us an opportunity for those of you who have not trusted Jesus Christ, I want to give us an opportunity to pray one of the boldest prayers there is, and that's the prayer of salvation, asking Jesus to save you from yourself, trusting Jesus. You know, all in this account in Joshua 10, the gospel is weaved all throughout it. I mean, it's, it's all throughout it. Like, like the king of Jerusalem, his, his name, as you read it, his name meant king of righteousness. That's what his name meant. And the Gibeonites were in the crosshairs of the king of righteousness. They were... As good as dead when facing the king of righteousness and the four other kings in the southern hill country of the promised land. The Gibeonites felt like they could not save themselves. They knew that they would be destroyed, defeated. So what did the Gibeonites do? The Gibeonites... 
they went to Joshua. And they said, Joshua, give us a helping hand. Give us a saving hand. Help us out. You know what Joshua's name means? Joshua's name means God is salvation. God is salvation. This, this is a picture of the gospel because all of us, without Jesus Christ, we are enemies to the king of righteousness. And what we can expect without help, <laughs> we can expect destruction. We can expect defeat. And so what do we need to do? We need to be like the Gibeonites and turn to the greater and true Joshua, Jesus Christ, whose name also means God saves. God is salvation. And so we're going to pray right now. I'm going to ask everybody if you would bow your head and close your eyes. We've had multiple people in our 9 o'clock service raise their hand and trust Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity right now as well. If you're prepared to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today confessing that I need you. I am a sinner. I need a Savior. I'm lost. I need to be found. God, I'm at war, and I need your peace. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I believe that you raised him from the dead. And today, by faith, I trust Jesus with my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. My life is yours forever.